All right, here we go. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host Bernhard Gunther. And my special guest today is for the third time, Tom Montag, and he does need an introduction. Viewers and listeners of my work are very familiar with his work. His website is montag.net, M-O-N-T-A-L-K.net. Welcome to the show once again, Tom. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. So we want to dive deeper into like, you know, what's been happening, obviously, on a, on a political level, and then look at it from a deeper level, more the fringe or cold, even hyperdimension level of what has been happening. But just to recap, basically, things maybe didn't turn out as we thought they would turn out around election time with Trump uh, getting out and Biden getting in. So what is what is your general view of what happened, you know, with the election fraud, with the insurrection, so to speak, at the Capitol and all that? Well, all of it seems very, very artificial to me because I think it's just a continuation of the same trend that we have seen for the past couple of years where we're seeing basically uh, an exposure and a failure of all levels of the system. Okay. Starting out, you know, back with the... Uh, I mean, even even with uh, the coronavirus, for example, the lockdowns, uh, we had many issues with, you know, when you eventually had the riots, the Black Lives Matter riots, things like that. People started to see how city councils and mayors and governors were in on a, a, a corrupt plot to basically destroy American society and American culture as we see it. Um, under under the guise of social justice and fairness and everything like that, but you know a lot of these sociopaths they uh, they wear the skins of their enemies. It's not just wolves in sheep's clothing. I mean they they wear the skins of their enemies. So they they pretend to care for America. They pretend to you know care for fairness and equality, but everything they do is the exact opposite of that. And that's I mean that's that's the best way to go if you want to really screw things up. You know, you have to portray yourself as a 180 degree opposite of what you actually are. And then you have to blame your enemy for what you yourself are doing as a typical, you know, narcissistic <laughs> projection phenomenon. But, you know, so we had city councils, we had mayors, governors. And then when it came time to have the election, now we also saw the failure of the election system due to the widespread voter fraud with Dominion voter systems. And I'm sure there's other, other um, voting systems that weren't even talked about that had problems too. Uh, and then, of course, the Electoral College and Congress was supposed to be a safeguard against that, but we saw that fail as well, uh, where we had various legislatures send alternate slates of electors to D.C., um, but when it came time to vote on whether to even hear their case and whether to investigate you know, these claims of voter fraud, well, of course, we had Mike Pence kind of backing out on that under a very uh, a BS excuse about why he didn't have the authority to make the judgment. I mean, he didn't have the authority. It's not that he ha he lacked the authority to. Um, it's not that he lacked the authority to to cancel the election or to put Trump back in power. His only job was to say, "Okay, well, we might need a little more investigation, so let's send it back to the states." That's all he had to do. He didn't even do that. So definitely, he he played the part of a of a Judas in this entire equation, and as we all saw, uh, the outcome was not pleasant. However. Uh, from the Trump side of things, from everything that I saw, Trump knew what was going to happen. You could already tell days in advance that uh, he knew that Mike Pence wasn't going to back uh, the plan. 
And um, there was there was a change right around January 2nd between there and January 4th, where there was a, a more sullen or downcast vibe to to Trump's speeches and his presentations. And that was a, that was a sort of turning point. And a lot of people noticed it. And uh, people were trying to figure out what's going on with that. You know, and they had different theories. One theory is that Trump was actually threatened with, you know, maybe uh, some sort of a nuclear blackmail, which means if you don't, if you don't give up in your quest, then uh, we're going to, we're going to nuke DC. We already got nukes there ready to go off. You know, that was, that was one theory. Another theory is that they're ready to unleash another uh, bioweapon, you know, something way mm-hmm. worse than COVID, you know, just to do like a scorched earth policy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for the people who follow the actual QAnon material, everything that's been happening so far fits within that. And the only error that people made, including myself, was thinking that that team did not have the the courage, I mean, the balls, basically, to to take it as far as they did. You know, I figured that they would play it safe, that they would, okay, you know, 2020 election, we're going to win, and then, boom, that, that's the end of it. You know, we're going to clean everything out, and everyone will be happy. But it doesn't quite work that way, because... On the assumption, okay, let's say that Trump did win in, 20, in 2020, like, I mean, legitimately won and fully won, you know, and he's in the White House now. Now you still have about 30 to 40% of the country that sees him as a dictator, that believes that yeah. Biden would have been way better, that um, still buys into the mainstream media narrative. And you still have institutions like the FBI, the DOJ, the Federal Reserve, all still going about doing their thing. Those things have not yet been destroyed and fully discredited. Okay. So in the end, if you want to have actual true national unity, you have to show people, not, not, not necessarily the, the people that are already convinced, but the people that have yet to be convinced, hmm. the level of corruption and failure in the entire system. So basically what I'm saying is, I think, I think what team, I mean, the team that's backing Trump, I think what their plan is, is to, um, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. They're using similar methods to what the New World Order type factions have been using for a long time, which is problem, reaction, solution, order out of chaos. You know, the whole thing about the Great Reset. One way or another, there's going to be a Great Reset. The only question is, in whose favor? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's one way of looking at it. And we're not even getting into the idea about, you know, Trump possibly being just another, another you know, good cop, bad cop faction yeah. of the New World Order and all that kind of stuff. But I'm saying, like, strictly within the theoretical framework that there is a positive thing going on with, you know, the whole Patriot movement and everything like that. Um, under that assumption, there's going to be a great reset and they want to burn the system to the ground in order to rebuild it in a, in a new and better way. You uh-huh. know, so they're, so they're literally building back better, but in a, in a way that's different from what Bill Gates and all the globalists have been talking about. So that, that's why, you know, that's, that's why I call him ballsy because I would have taken the easier way out. I would have just, one in November of 2020, you know, called it over and get on with it. But they, they want to scrub out the wound. You know, they want to really dig in there and just show just how, how crazy things get and then the failure of the entire system all the way up to the Federal Reserve, which hasn't happened yet. But I'm convinced it's going to be happening uh, pretty sooner. Yeah. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Have some good points because I was also surprised, you know, especially after the quote insurrection, which very much staged at the Capitol, right? All of a sudden, then you know they uh, they regroup at the house, and all of a sudden, everybody, even the Republicans, go against Trump, and they rest the cases. No election fraud, a boom, just smooth sailing. As literally, they have their speeches written already, knowing that there was a quote insurrection in all of that. 
Um, but it was surprising to see that, you know, I also felt like Trump like just gave up and just retreated, no nothing. And we all were kind of waiting, have our own hopium, so to speak, <laughs> of like, you know, let's take those bastards out, let's arrest them and all of that. Even then, especially with the National Guard being at the inauguration, you know, like I was confused about that as well, because I thought the National Guard only, the military only responds to the president, which was then still um, Donald Trump. Right, but really, you know, it was like a police state coup, the military coup from the quote Biden administration, in the sense to maybe ensure that his inauguration. But there's, we can get into that as well. The question, like the the military loyalty towards Trump. But you made a good point because I see this now as well. After a few weeks now with Biden and a couple of weeks Biden in power, the system is exposing itself even more. The corruption it becomes so obvious, right? In the sense, and people cannot really blame Trump anymore. So even the, quote, normies or even more left-leaning people see, like, hold on, something is wrong. And, and you're absolutely right. Maybe it ties even what Q said as well. You know, you can cannot people tell the truth. You have to show them and we have to walk through this dark. So maybe that was, quote, part of the plan. Because in the end, when Q also stopped uh, dropping, you know, right around the sort of election, then, you know, all the anons, all of us, we made up all kinds of theories trying to connect the dots, what would happen, you know, and a lot of it, you know, had much, not much to do anything with, necessarily what Q actually was talking about. He was not necessarily predicting all of that, what we hope would happen, right? And then, unfortunately, we just, a lot of people got, became disillusioned. A lot of us like, fuck this. And then we get into, you know, oh, Q was maybe a psyop and this and that, controlled opposition. But you're right, there's a silver lining on some level that it helps to, it triggers people even more towards an awakening. And the game plan is maybe longer than we expected, right? And instead of just like, oh, let's just arrest a few bad guys right off of the bat. Yeah, I mean, there are several things that hadn't happened yet, according to that particular timeline. Um, one, like I said, was the downfall of the Federal Reserve, mm -hmm. which would, I mean, if, if that were to happen, I think, um, you know, I think people, see, here's the thing. People were expecting someone like Trump, you know, a, a sort of a daddy figure to, to come down on the establishment and from the top down, you know, from, from the position as president to use force to to, you know, remove the Federal Reserve and replace it with something new or remove this or remove, remove that. But like I said, I mean, if you were to try that, you would, you would demonstrate to probably a third of the country that you are indeed a dictator and you would inspire, I mean, you would justify the whole resistance movement, you know, the resistance. Yeah. You would justify that. So what you would have to do instead, like you said, is um, show the people. You have, to, you have to show them, literally have to show them. And when you show them, you know, what happens there is they, they see for themselves what, you know, what they need to see in order to shake out of their programming, you know? So, but the, but the problem is it's a very rocky ride to, to go through that. You know, the more stubborn and the more resistant people are, the, the greater the catalyst is needed to, to bring them out of that. Um, so that's why I think that the next couple months are probably going to be dicey economically. Yeah. You know, uh, I think we're probably going to see, well, like, for example, the whole thing happening lately with uh, GameStop and the hedge funds being, 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 you know, taken down by, by ordinary people. Well, now it's moved on from GameStop to silver mm -hmm. and from silver, eventually it's going to probably move on to, to gold as well. And uh, one of the things that always stood out for me in the whole Q, Q material was the idea that gold will end the Fed. Yeah. You know, 
So, okay. So originally people were thinking, well, what does that mean? What does it mean? Like, oh yes, uh, we're going to, we're going to replace the federal reserve and we're going to go on a, on a gold standard again. But that doesn't really explain how gold would actually cause the end of the fed. Well, one way it would actually do that is if silver and gold, for example, uh, achieved enough upwards price momentum. In other words, if the price kept on rising, that uh, so many of these elite financial institutions that have been hedging on it, not doing that, go under. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they have to start borrowing money from banks and banks can't do it. Now they have to borrow from the federal reserve. If the federal reserve just starts printing money like crazy to cover it, inflation goes through the roof Mm -hmm. and eventually you get the collapse of the dollar and everything that the federal reserve uh, under the official picture is designed to do, which is to prevent bank runs and to uh, be the lender of last resort to these institutions. If it fails, it's going down. And the entire thing collapses, then, then you can rebuild it with, uh, with a new system, mm-hmm. you know, through its own internal failure. So I think that's part of the game plan. I think that's an option, you know, things are sort of pointing towards that direction. And because of that, I don't think that the whole GameStop and silver run is an organic thing. I think it's actually probably orchestrated at some level. Now, some people were actually theorizing that, um, it's a plan by the communist party of China in order to destroy and collapse the the U.S. you know economy, and that's possible. However, a lot of these moves that the uh, the, the left you know that the opposition that the globalists have been making, it's possible to judo flip that towards something positive, mm-hmm. you know. So even if they planned it, I mean, it's just just like with the COVID lockdowns, as bad as that is, and as as bad as that can lead to. At the same time, it's also an opportunity for the opposite to arise as well, just through people's awakening. And through all the lawsuits and, uh, you know, all the um, political representatives that are now rising up as a result of people getting, you know, angry at the authoritarianism. You know, it's, it's only because of the overstep of the globalists that people are willing to now to make moves that can potentially secure a more positive future. So it's, it's a very dicey situation, um, but it's a necessary situation in my, in my view. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Going back to the idea of showing people waking people more up you can even relate related to the evolution of consciousness similar good if other pe- people need to be shocked out of their sleeping state so to speak and maybe you know it's also the hundredth monkey syndrome or the critical mass need to rise to a certain level to higher awareness before even can let's say manifest in physical reality in actual arrest so to speak right that interrelationship on, on a more metaphysical level but on that note i was wanted to get your insight into because q is all about military is the only way and military is loyal to trump and all of that what is your insight into that some people talk about you know the was it the 19th president actually you know that u.s in a corporation and in march something is supposed to happen of reinstalling the the true president of the republic before it became a corporation and the military will intervene so what what do you think is the relationship of of you know, the, the, or let's say the, the role of the military right now. Okay. Yeah. So in any free constitutional society, you have different, you have different institutions that, that have different, um, have assigned different roles. Okay. It's not, it's not the role of the people to be the first ones to fight foreign wars or, you know, to, to protect the nation against tyranny. I mean, you've got this whole idea of the people being the militia. Okay. And that's more of like a last resort. That's more like a, like a deterrent. It's the role of the military to to protect the homeland against you know major major threats. Okay, so if there if you did have a tyrannical government, ideally the military would be there to, to stop that. Okay, and if it isn't, 
now it falls upon the people to to be the final check and balance against that. But um, I mean, I mean, the military is to America what a gun on your nightstand is to you as an individual. You know, it's it's the last line. Well, it's not the last line, but it's it's the primary line of of defense. You know, against uh, an actual uh, attack. You know, on the nation. So when you have everything, even up to the Supreme Court refusing to take a look at actual election fraud. Um, when you have a failure in Congress, when you have a failure in the vice president, and when you have a failure right now due to the installation of Biden as the supposed president, everything has failed. So the only option really left is the military. Now, and don't forget, you know, it was Trump instructing uh, his secretary of defense, Christopher Miller, to put the National Guard in D.C. And this was after the 6th. Okay, so... So he, he used the whole incident at the Capitol as a pretext to start pumping National Guard into D.C. and put the big fencing around it and everything like that. Um, which is interesting because the, there, was, there was another part of the Q material, which I, which, I, which I didn't quite get at the time, but it makes sense now in hindsight. And Q posed the question, how do you get, basically, how do you get the enemy to open the door to, to, let, to let you in, to let your forces in? And... After that, I think they, they, they mentioned something like insurrection, something like that. So which makes sense that if you have the illusion of an insurrection, then you can justify installing your own military within the seat of the enemy's power. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, that's one theory that I think is plausible. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean that that's actually what's going on, but it, it, it could explain a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of weirdness surrounding everything since the, the inauguration and, and the inauguration itself, you know, yeah. people feel it's kind of hollow. There's something shammy about it. And it's almost like it, like a, like it's a show, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite line up. Like in, in these 10 days, Biden hasn't really taken any trips. He only took one trip to uh, the Holy Trinity church in DC. And that's only a few blocks away from the white house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like he's visiting or meeting with any foreign dignitaries or, you know, going on Air Force One. He hasn't stepped a foot on Air Force One. That's interesting. He even, like, from what I heard, came in the private jet to his inauguration. He was inaugurated, like, before noon, which uh, you're not allowed to do because, you know, officially Trump is president until noon and all of that. So you're right, a lot of these weird anomalies. And even where, like, people even, like, thinking that he's not really in the White House. I mean, that's maybe a bit of a stretch. But, like, a lot of weird things and the way the military behaves towards Biden, maybe not really recognizing him as the commander-in-chief and all of that. So yeah, that's 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 very interesting. Um, you know, with you know, what I want to get your take on as well, since we're on that topic of Q and all of that, because obviously, since nothing happened, you know, as people hope would happen. Now, yesterday there was this whole again relentless crackdown or hit piece on Q by CNN that a whole documentary on it, and apparently X Anon's coming out and. You know, apologizing and whatnot. It's it's just it's just disinfo all over the place. But what do you would you say to people like you know because a lot of people come out now. QAnon was a psyop anyway. It was controlled opposition. It's nonsense. But the way I see it from having studied the drops, that you know, Q never really specifically predicted something would happen. It just happened on its own. Like we talked about in the last podcast, right? There's a difference between what Q dropped and what people say. Q said or in how they interpret it, right? There's a huge mm-hmm. difference, and especially towards the end of of last year, since Q raised so much so much momentum, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon and also ate up a lot of disinformation, uh, claiming things Q never said or implied. 
Um, but, you know, from a viewpoint of a PSYOP, it seems to be a pretty shitty PSYOP in a sense, because it really, at the very least, helped to awaken a lot of people to things we, you and I, maybe many others are already aware of, and help people to think. And I want to reference something really you uh, posted on Gap um, recently as well. You know, when you said you checked the Q material and the only actions consistently advocated were one, unite and organize, two, share info, it seems to awaken others, and three, make your voice heard and vote, right? And not really getting people into violence or violent uprising or anything what the mainstream media is is claiming Q is. Right. Yeah. And and the reason why see so so the reason why the Q material even did that is because it goes back to what I said about how in a free society you have different institutions that have different different uh that are granted different authority. Okay. And like I said, that's why it's the role of the military to do most of what people are itching to do right now, you know, which is take down the, take down the, the corruption. Um, so what is the role of the people? Well, during times like these, the role is still to be a responsible citizen. So, you know, to exercise your duty as a citizen, and that includes um, being educated, being informed, educating and informing others, uh, waking up and, you know, using your power to vote. Now, some people say, of course, you know, what's the point of voting if the if the entire system is rigged? Well, the answer is the entire system is not rigged. It's only rigged at the, at the upper levels where the most amount of money and power is involved. So that's where, because uh, you see, because election fraud is a, is, a, is a risky business. You know, it's, it's pretty risky. The, the, the bigger you make it, the more chance there is that you're going to majorly, majorly screw up. Okay. So, Local elections, you know, city council stuff, mayors, a little bit up, depending on the region. For the most part, those are not manipulated to the same degree that, you know, governor and Senate, you know, presidential races are. And for that reason, when people do exercise the right to vote, they end up creating a, a localized um, sanctuary for, for their voice. So that's why you can have things like red states, red counties, red cities. You can have these these, you know these these local governments that that serve as a, as a bulwark or a, a, a wall of resistance against federal power and therefore federal tyranny. Okay, so that's half of the reason why voting is important. The other half is because during the twenty twenty election, uh, Trump needed an overwhelming uh, vote majority over Biden in order to bring out the widespread level of voter fraud that we saw, you know, the election fraud that we saw. Yeah. And because of that, therefore we had a huge accumulation of evidence um, like with Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and all of them, you know, filing their lawsuits, they had stacks like thick stacks of affidavits from all these experts and witnesses that were involved in that. And of course people say, well, gee, you know, it didn't amount to anything because not even the Supreme court would, would take it, but that's not the point. The point is the evidence is now in record so if and when it comes time to really crack down on it, all that stuff is already there, ready to go, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So so that's why voting mattered in 2020, especially, because they mm -hmm. needed to bring all that out in order to create the evidence that they needed for, for later use. Yeah. I mean, apparently even like um, Trump won by a huge landslide that even the Dominion software crashed, so to speak, and didn't even know how to handle it, right? And you make a very important point. People say, you know, caught in the mainstream and just, you know, not understanding how the rigged the system is that, you know, the evidence of, of voter fraud is there. 
It is undeniable. It is there, right? It's just not being considered by the courts and judges, right? Who are just, you know, in their own way, blackmailed, who knows, part of the cabal, part of the whole deep state, right? Yeah, for, for the most part, um, until until recently, you know, like we had a we had a judge in Virginia, for example, ruling that the late change um, laws to the, the mail-in voting system was illegal, okay? So we had that. We had in Michigan, Michigan recently, we had a judge ruling that... Um, a report investigating the voting, the, the uh, voting machines had to be publicly released. And mm. what they found is that the software, according to these experts, was designed specifically for committing fraud. Okay. And then in Arizona, they recently voted to go ahead and audit the election. So you got three different states all within the past week, I think. Mm-hmm. that are starting to move forward with that. So people are, you know, they've already forgotten all about it. You know, they think, you know, everything's moving on. And yet coming up from the rear, you start having these, these legal wins now, you know? So if, if you, if you look at those and you look at the momentum of where they're going, you can imagine a potential future situation, you know, within a month, well, I'm not even a month, maybe three, four months where it just starts gaining more momentum and combine that with, let's say uh, impeachment, you know, of the Biden administration of Biden himself, um, all this evidence that's been waiting to go, which people wonder, you know, why Trump didn't use it? Why didn't he use his power? Why didn't the administration use all the evidence they had to stop yeah. the election fraud? Well, if they had, okay, look, if they had evidence to such a degree that they had a hundred percent chance of taking them down whatever they wanted to, then they would have the luxury of go ahead and letting it play through as it is right now. And then cracking down on it because then now you get this bonus round of exposing exposing even more of the corruption that that exists. Right. Yeah. Now that you know, I think it goes back to the the first point you made early on. It makes so much sense if if Trump would have cracked down right away with the military, he he would have been painted as a as full on dictator, like you know, falling into the lap of the image they wanted to create from of him and projected onto him to begin with. And now it's interesting, you're right, the exposure is happening behind the scenes, so to speak, even like, you know, besides all the big tech censorship, which is also, you know, exposing the corruption, like even more left-leaning people speak out, hold on, there's something off about it, the witch hunt against Trump supporters. I mean, it's all this <laughs> contradiction or irony, like the, the tall, you know, the left or Biden administration talk about healing and unification, but at the same time, they're cracking down on Trump supporters, Right. And censoring from uh, big tech, from Twitter, um, Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, they off of it. They have, you know, I follow them on on uh, Telegram, where they, you know, talk about as they continue their uh, their lawsuits and all of that. So that's really important to understand. Just because it's out of sight from the media doesn't mean it keeps continuing. You're right. So there's stuff happening behind the scenes right now as well. We're not fully aware of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that's the yeah. issue. You know, I was going to bring up a quick point, which is that's the issue is that, you know, there, 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 there is a question about whether or not there's an actual military sting operation or takedown mm-hmm. operation in play. But if there is, then the military is not going to fully advertise what it's, what it's doing. It's, yes. it's going to keep most of it under wraps. And, and we've actually seen that over the past couple of years. Um, you know, for example, uh, Special Counsel uh, Durham, He's still investigating. Um, he's still investigating the whole Russia Gate stuff. He's still right. investigating the Clinton Foundation. It's expanded to that now. That's still happening. You don't ever hear about it in the news now. But there's stuff going on, and and that investigation, for example, it, it went on. It started way earlier than people ever realized. And 
nothing about it ever leaked. Okay. So that's already an example of things happening that we, we just don't know about. We didn't know about it at the time until they were ready. And then, and then we started hearing, hearing about it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, unfortunately right now we are in the fog of war in that there's so much out there that we just don't have access to in terms of information. And that's the reason why, that's the reason why so many people are trying to read a lot into very little <laughs> to try to try to try and figure out the future and then what's going to happen. But I mean, the, the bright side of it is that, you know, we have a, we have a form of crowdsourced intelligence happening right now. Mm-hmm. So everyone on social media, if one person discovers something and it's a really, really good point, people upvoted, okay, now someone's going to repost it on this other social media network and it starts spreading around. So within the span of a couple hours, um, pretty much, pretty much everyone's on the same page regarding that idea. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that also amplifies a lot of misinformation as well. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so, I mean, that, that's a problem, you know, some of these data points that people are taking into consideration and kind of extrapolating from, a lot of times they are not even valid, you know, or they're too ambiguous. So therefore you're, you're reading into something that isn't actually there. Yeah. But the bright side of that is that you have a very rapid, um, very rapid prototyping of, of understanding of what's going on. And, um, you know, you, you're going to take the misinformation with the, uh, the explosive truths as well. Um, but I think as long as everyone has discernment and doesn't, you know, attach themselves to one theory entirely, then, you know, you just keep on iterating as, as more data comes in and, and your understanding just keeps on growing. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. Thanks. I know. Very good point. Um, you know, it's, 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 but you made a very important point, the fog of war, that you don't give away your strategy. You know, even I remember one of the last Q-drops um, last year was just Durham. <laughs> and that's right, it's been going on behind the scenes for a while and it keeps going on. And regardless of all the drops information Q puts out, you know, in, in order to educate, obviously, if you're a high-level military sting operation, you don't give away your strategy because the enemy is listening in as well. But at the same time, us researching, we're trying to figure out what is happening next and all of that. And then I feel sometimes this weird aspect of, remember one of the C material, you know, when you have certain expectations of what will happen and whatnot, you actually prevented from manifesting so all these predictions that never happen anyway but it always happens in the way we didn't expect it to happen does it make sense yeah yeah i talked about anticipating or anticipation killing the future so yeah if you if you expect and anticipate something and you and you hinge your your ego on that it tends to block it from happening and now you can you can use that towards good like you know if you're if you're the, the one thing i always keep bringing up is in life when you when you finally have that great comeback you know and you, and you want to use it towards someone and then that situation never comes up again so you never get to use that awesome comeback that you're planning on using because <laughs> you know, you're prepared for it so it doesn't happen right. um but i mean in this case i think about that a lot you know so i i do i do think about that quite a bit and and whether it's better to turn the news off for a week mm-hmm. and then let things you know kind of quantum morph <laughs> in the background and then when you when you come back maybe it's good because if you're if you're looking at it every hour of single day what if that kind of pins things down and keeps it from being fluid enough to move in the way it has to. Right. But it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of tricky to, to try to prove or disprove that. Right. Because yeah. especially nowadays with information moving so quickly, you know, it's not like in the, it's not like 10 years ago where you can just turn off the news for a month and then you come back and you didn't really miss much because nothing significant or significant ever really happened. Yeah. But information now is moving so rapidly that, um, people are pretty much glued to their screens, you know, keeping track of, of what's going on. Yeah. And, 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is a rare time in history, you know, things moving so quickly. <laughs> it's an understatement. Yes, exactly. Everything is in a flux, you know, and we can talk about this as well maybe in the second hour, how this ties maybe into a time and reality split uh, intersection of 3D, 4D and all of that. That's, that's also occurring on this planet right now. But, you know, just to to play devil's advocate to satisfy some people maybe <laughs> in light of what they call Trump or PSYOP controlled opposition, which doesn't make, you know, for me, it's never that black and white. And I see a lot of people who jumped on, on the Trump support team and Q all of a sudden now backpedal and go the other extreme. Oh, you saw, it was a PSYOP, was contrary pro because the expectations, as you said, anticipation didn't happen, right? So they had a certain expectation, didn't happen. Now all of a sudden they go the other side, right? Of... Um, I feel even throwing out the baby with the bathwater, but how would you even see like irrationally in a sense that Trump and Q are a true side? I, I know there has been this article going around, somebody posted in the truth of community, even Alex Jones talked about it, about some sort of 1920s Bolshevik revolution that was also like a contemporary, like trust the plan, you know, which they made the correlation. I read the article and it's very, uh, in my view, was very poorly written, a lot of logical fallacies and doesn't make a sense. His argument was basically, a lot of people that Q helped to pacify the people because it projected the savior image, which is true on some level, project, people project the savior image. Uh, you know, and that's a trap in itself, but it seems a bit far-fetched. So what is what is your view on that? Yeah, so Operation Trust was a was a plan back in the 1920s to to basically get the, the resistance movement against, you know, the, the communists to expose themselves. So you so you you, you create this image that there, that there is a resistance movement and that, you know, you can join it and um, you, you thereby end up exposing yourself and then thinking that something's going to happen when it actually isn't because it's controlled opposition. So that's what it was. It was controlled opposition. Um, but, you know, the, the similarities are only superficial. And I would like to remind people that Trump himself and others involved with him, including Steve Bannon, they're avid students of history and strategy and cunning. And they know about things like Operation Trust and the art of war. And, uh, you know, so, so many of the strategies, you can go back to Roman times, Greeks, history, you know, everything like that. So, but what, one thing that they've always used is they, they've used these tools uh, to, to do something different with them than what was used in the past. Okay. Human psychology has been the same for thousands of years. As long as genetics stay the same, human psychology stays the same. Hmm. And because of that, because of that, the same methods tend to work on a population. Okay. And that's why Hitler, for example, and the Nazis were able to rise to power so easily is because they, they knew how to play on people's psychology. Right. Now you can use those exact same methods to take it in a different direction. If you want to bring America back to a constitutional Republic, you can do that using that. You can use these methods for, you know, all sorts of different things. If you want to turn them, fascist, you know, you could do that instead. Um, so just because some of the methods are used doesn't mean that the outcome is exactly the same as, you know, these tyrants have used throughout history. Um, in the case of the Q material, number one, the Q material started on an image board that was full of anons, meaning anonymous users. Okay. None of them were identifying themselves. In fact, it was discouraged or against the rules to identify who you were. Mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's pretty poor if you want to start something to identify who the resistance is right you know trying to bring these these anonymous people into discussion number two it's actually done more to uh, awaken people than any sort of true like negative psyop would have been and um i mean you have 
people who were former Democrats, who were former Marxists, seeing things that they didn't see before and therefore joining, you know, the, 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 the side of light, I guess you could call it. So, I mean, they're actually increasing the actual genuine resistance to the globalist agenda through the so-called PSYOP. So I do think it was a PSYOP in the sense of being a, a propaganda ploy by the Trump administration to kind of um, weaponize their grassroots support. And by weaponize, I'm talking about like making them more professional and more informed, cluing them into real you know, happenings behind the scenes mm-hmm. and to, to, to really make that burgeon. Um, but I don't see any evidence that it was strictly a negative, a negative PSYOP, you know, so it's definitely psych- psychological manipulation going on with that, um, as there is with any political campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, even even marketing is a form of psychological manipulation if you think about it. Yeah. So you have to you have to look beyond the superficial similarities and look at what's actually being accomplished. We know what the ends are, and that's why I don't I don't consider it a, a negative psyop because yeah. it doesn't it it only has a few things in common with Operation Trust. You know, and so if you're a pseudo skeptic with a lot of confirmation bias, yeah. of course you're, of course you're going to look like, Oh, look, it says trusted plan and Q said trusted plan. Therefore <laughs> they are equal. No, it's not. Um, That's only a 1% similarity. Now what about the other 99%? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta, gotta, you gotta think a little more critically than that. Yeah. Now you make an excellent point. Uh, you know, I talked to Jordan Sather about this as well a while back. Um, uh, being at this Jordan Sather has, who has, has researched and Q since the beginning, basically as his own channel. Um, but he said the same thing, uh, confirming what you just said, that it's, yeah, it is actually a cyber psychological operation, but a positive one. You can use it in a positive sense. It's not necessarily negative. Like not all psyops are bad. And even, um, these slogans, what people say, trust the plan where we go one, we go all and all of that, you know, yeah, people can get hooked at on some plan in the savior projections. Everybody reacts differently, obviously, but you can also see it almost as a motivational <laughs> slogan to get people pumped like similar like a coach in a team like we're gonna make it right now you know so that is i feel necessary in this day and age as well like a healthy optimism in the sense but then obviously people project into all kinds of their own stuff hopes and wishful thinking in a so-called plan when it, they don't even know what it truly is because they're not going to reveal the ultimate plan right does it does it make sense yeah yeah right and and you know the the, the key things that the material was advocating um we were talking about you know, being a responsible citizen and voting and, you know, activism, things like that. So they're encouraging people to, to play a very responsible and uh, assertive role as a, a voting and politically active citizen, while on the other hand saying, trust the plan, which if you think about it, what, what does that really mean? Basically, it means, number one, don't give up and commit suicide. <laughs> and number two, don't like, don't like jump the gun and, and try to take out political people yourself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if they were to do that, that would pretty much discredit the entire thing. I mean, that that's like a, it's not the time for that currently. Yeah. So if you were to, if you were to do that prematurely, it would totally hundred percent backfire. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't see it as pacification so much as, um, trying to, trying to smooth down the feather so people don't do irresponsible things to themselves or to others. Yeah, no, exactly. And I feel similar to you you know, regardless of what happened, it already played its positive role because similar to you, I see so many people, quote, waking up to issues in the world, to the corruption, which maybe, again, we may have been aware of, but I see it in my own work, the work I do with Laura, people, you know, that materials help them to, you know, 
trigger a certain awakening, right? And more is needed, obviously, in the long run, beyond just information and all of that, and beyond waiting for somebody just to arrest the cabal, because we need to engage, as you know, in, in also inner work, the spiritual evolution, the evolution of consciousness to really, you know, um, you know, quote unquote, ascend, not in a new age term, but ascend to a higher level of being on a collective level. And right now in a collective dark night of the soul, you can see it even astrologically, the um, US is going through its Pluto return. So, you know, the, the underworld is coming uh, up, so to speak, within and without. Um, <clears throat> but on that note, what you alluded to as well, do you feel like what we are witnessing around that there will be actually, might come head to head to a, a true civil war and, you know, more violent uprising of the citizens if it keeps going like that? Or what, what do you feel in that yeah, regard? I mean, yeah, so so if there is no military sting operation and, you know, there's no, if, if, if that part of the system does not do its job, then it falls back upon the people to do something. Yeah. And, you know, considering there are between 70 and 80 million people who voted for Trump and uh, you, you can't, you can't vote for Trump without being clued into a lot of things that only used to be even 10 years ago used to be considered fringe conspiracy ideas, right. you know? So we've got tens, dozens of millions of truthers now, you know, conspiracy aware people, um, who have been, um, instilled with a sense of patriotism, American, American cultural values. And they're, they're, they're mythical, they're mythological. Well, their their archetypal model is the, the American revolution, you know, the minute man, the, the resistance to tyranny. So that already has programmed into it the idea of an actual uprising against a tyrannical force, you know. So, so there's, there's a cultural segment that's sort of, um, I think they're both dreading it and some of them are itching for it. <laughs> you know? So exactly. that's where the momentum is headed if the proper authorities don't do their job mm -hmm. and you know, arrest this before it gets out of hand. Yeah. I think yeah. obviously then also the, the cabal deep set, they are terrified of this because they keep cracking down still, even now I, as I just mentioned it yesterday, there was a whole CNN special about, you know, debunking and demonizing QAnon with all the fallacies and nonsense and projections as usual. They're still cracking down on it. You know, they even want to push the left, even was it AOC or other people um, to call Trump supporters, domestic terrorists, right? Who anybody who was against, uh, you know, uh, Biden and whatnot, and definitely anybody who followed Q and all of that to really, uh, you know, demonize them. And in essential, it's, it's also like a lot of what's happening. And I want to get you inside that as well, ties into like the communist color revolution playbook, right? All of it, what we're seeing now, that's, that's what I see connect the dots more and more has been building up for decades of infiltrating the institutions, the media, the big tech, uh, education, in all of that, Hollywood as well, with these socialist Marxist far leftist view, not openly communist, right, but uh, cultural Marxism and all of that. And that, you know, a lot of people are severely conditioned and programmed. And that's kind of like, quote, scary or the danger, because a lot of people start to support that pathology of the left, like they're justifying censorship, you know, and even when the family, you know, Laura had an encounter with a family member who uh, she justified uh, that people are being called domestic terrorists, we need to crack them down, of course, they need to be canceled and censored and all of that. So that's kind of almost, you know, from an even divine perspective, communism or socialism is, is in a sense, anti-divine. Right, it's almost it's, it's it's almost a system of the iconic, you know, 
draconian forces, whatever you may want to call it from a hyperdimensional perspective, but it's been literally building up. So right now we are essentially in the end game. That does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean these these political these political orientations, I mean, they are just uh, macroscopic reflections of our own individual psychology. You know, if you, if you look at within ourselves, we got the shadow, the ego, um, and you can call it the higher self or the superego or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, the spirit. But these, these things, I mean, you also got like left brain type circuits and right brain type circuits. All those things can be projected outwards. And then when you look at it on a societal scale, you find institutionalized versions of that. And what you find amongst the far left, amongst Marxists and communists, is the institutionalization of narcissism, sociopathy, psycho psychopathy, uh, everything like that, the shadow, ego, all that turns into that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and you, you could say the same for fascism, you know, it's just like, a, it's just a different form of it. Uh, the communism, Marxism, it's more like the feminine version of darkness. And fascism is, fascism is more the masculine version. And the reason I say that is because um, the left, they use a lot of... Uh, mind games, emotional manipulation, you know, like not, not violence right away, but a lot of like psychological manipulations. That's, that's why it's more feminine. Whereas fascism, it's more like, you know, rise to power and smash your boot on your face <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So that's the more yeah. masculine form of it. Right, right. I mean, they're, they're both, you know, two arms of the same beast, two arms of the shadow, you know, two arms of the ego. And so you have, um, you have other cultural institutions that seem to embody more of the, the capability of reason, you know, um, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of the values that um, the whole patriot movement stands for, it's, 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 it's quite holistic, I would say, like wholesome, you know, whole family values and mm-hmm. integrity, ethics, you know, f- philosophy, fairness. But I mean, that, that's, what, that's what most of the American system was originally founded on in this whole idea of like, like an enlightened republic kind of a thing. Um, so that's why we are now sort of in an endgame of sorts that is the outward expression and clashing between what is similar to our own internal clashing between the ego part of us and the, and the whole higher mm-hmm. spirit part of us so that's why it is you know it's it's never it's never been about political parties it's always been about good versus evil light versus dark right you know and and that's that's sort of what we're in right now um and beyond this whole political thing it's going to extend beyond that into the alien sphere as well right yeah, and it's just gonna keep escalating upwards. Exactly. We're just we're just really the past hour dealing with the basic 3D level of, of this whole setup and what's happening. So let's get into that in the second hour. But I like your analogy, it's so true. Like the pathological left can be linked to or compared to like toxic feminism. <laughs> the toxic feminine, very manipulative, you know, a lot of gaslighting, you know, you cannot we've been completely gaslit also with regards to COVID and the vaccines and all of that. And, and this is just insanity right now of asking for double masks and all of that. What's your take on that? Like right now, because it's also like, again, like more people falling into the illusion and becoming more fear-based and, 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 you know, out of their own free will want the vaccine while other people more, you know, see the truth and even ironically or weirdly like maybe even an hour only an hour after biden's inauguration the who comes out i don't know if you saw that admitting that the pcr tests are not necessarily very accurate you know so what do you see happening there with this whole um, COVID slash vaccine agenda yeah i mean it shows that it was never about the science it was always about politics and control you know i mean like even even now for example right you got people like dr fauci saying wear two masks wear three masks how come they never say the words n95 Mm-hmm. which is actually what is effective against filtering out viruses. 
They never mentioned that. They always tell you to wear these stupid cloth masks and double them up and triple them up. But come on, you know, it's not like you, can't, <laughs> you sound like you can't buy in 95 masks now. I mean, they're back in production. So it's, it's a stupid thing. And, and, and the, the only reason why they say that is for the psychological impact of it. Yeah. You know, that's why China is doing that stupid thing with the anal swabs all of a sudden. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a sadistic, demonic dehumanization yeah. of, of people. You know, it's like if demons had control and now they just wanted to torture the hell out of you. Yeah. That's, that's what they would do. I mean, that's why they're no different from, you know, these anal probing aliens <laughs> doing <laughs> abductions. Exactly. It's, it's all, it's all, it's all a reflection of the same continuum yeah, of yeah. sickness and then, you know, delusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And then also ties into the vaccine. I mean, this really can, it's genetic manipulation ultimately, right? The mRNA vaccine, gen, uh, change your vaccines, ties into nanotechnology particles. It sets also the stage for the next agenda or the next level of transhumanism of merging man with machine of almost like disconnecting us as far as they can from spirit to create their own us uh, create humanity's bodies as a vessel for their you know incarnation incarnate opportunity so to speak does that make sense in a way the long yeah i think it's also yeah i think um i think the vaccine also has um, implications for depopulation and yeah. um political control because one thing i do i do agree with you know some of these doctors like dr lee Merritt, which, which he pointed out she suggests that some of these vaccines are actually binary weapons mm. and that you can, you get injected once or twice with them and now it conditions your body so that in the future, you know, it could be months from now, it could be years from now, another virus comes along, which ordinarily would not be a problem, but because you've already been primed, you know, like a lock and key system towards that, yeah. it's going to wipe you out. You know, it's going to, it's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a big risk of that for sure. You know, and um, of course these vaccines, they're, they're totally rushed. And, uh, of course now they're backfiring and that there are, you know, a lot, a lot of reports now of people getting, you know, disabled from it or outright dying. And I mean, the bottom line is if you're, if you're old enough and frail enough to need the vaccine, because, you know, you're, you're scared of COVID, you're also old and frail enough to get the worst side effects from the vaccine and most likely possibly even die. Yeah. And if you're young enough to not get bad side effects of the vaccine, then you're young enough to not even need it in the first place. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's totally backwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, I mean the, the COVID from all the statistics out there, it's only about two to three times worse than influenza. Exactly. I know. And then let alone, they still do not promote or even censor anybody who talks about vitamin C, zinc, or, or you know, just natural like boost ways of boosting your immune system yeah. and all of that. And, and, you, and you mentioned who, you know, not long after the inauguration, you know, coming out, saying the PCR tests were problematic. And also now <laughs> they're starting to admit that, Hey, hydroxychloroquine was, was okay. We, we, and Facebook admitted that they were wrong to censor information oh, yes. on it. That's Co true. You know, convenient, yeah. conveniently right after the election. <laughs> exactly. It's almost like Biden is being set up to like, Oh, he's doing, no, doing all the right thing. Now Biden is in power and, and COVID is maybe not as scary as much, but you still need to get the vaccine or something like that. Yeah. Right. And that actually, that's another reason why, um, why there is a, a positive strategy to having Biden in office mm -hmm. and that now with, you know, now a lot of the, the globalists, they're, they're, um, what do you call it? That they're not as alarmed anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now they're starting to kind of back off and, and become tranquilized. And so now they're easing the pressure on it. So if let's say there were a, like a turnaround and let's say there's a second inauguration this year, and you know fulfill this this idea that the trump's gonna be back or something like that well now it's been been proven that hey hydroxychloroquine isn't bad right now it's, now it's been proven that pcr <laughs> tests are problematic you know yeah. and so so now you, you piggyback piggyback off that 
now you can improve things uh, having you know disarmed a lot of these control mechanisms that were active for the past year. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of a quote I forgot who said that also. You know, never interfere with an enemy with an enemy in the process of destroying itself. Right. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what we're seeing as well yeah. in this sense. Yeah, that's art of war stuff. I mean, Trump and the entire team they're they're they they know the art of war inside and out. They know it like the back of their hand. Yeah. So a lot of what's happening, you know, including the deception, the misinformation, the feigning of weakness and all, all the contradictions that people realize, hey, there's something weird going on. A lot of that is just, you know, psychological strategy, which unfortunately, you know, keeps us in the dark too, but yeah. it, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Great, great, Tom. But before you finish up the first hour and, and go into the second hour, what, what can you get, you know, what's maybe some advice you can give people because I see a lot of people they're just also freaking out dealing with fear information overload don't know what to do you know again kind of like you know everybody a lot of people going into the worst case scenario you know into their projections so what can we do to kind of keep grounded so to speak and keep the spirits up well I mean obviously you can't be see here's the thing if, if you watch the news all day long <laughs> you're reading the same stuff over and over and then you're reading people's comments on it and reading variations of it There's no, there's no need to spend all day looking at that stuff because when you do, um, you're, you're saturating your subconscious with it and that's going to kind of resonate you with that particular future more and more and more, you know, it's going to drag you down. So the important thing to do is to set a, a limit, you know, let's say one hour per day, max it could be at the beginning of the day. It could be at the end of the day. It could be mm -hmm. split it up in like two half hour segments. That's when you kind of like look through it, see if there's anything important that you need to know that pertains to you and your situation. And then you can, you can start, you know, thinking about that and acting on it. But the rest of the day, you have to balance it with anything at all that's positive that reinforces your, your, you know, the, your, your morale. So in Gab, for example, I recently posted a, a long list of values of a new and better civilization. You know, things like truth, wisdom, harmony, understanding, transcendent spirituality. A list like that, just by reading it, you can start remembering like, oh yeah, this is what I stand for. This is what I like. This is what I resonate with. So when you meditate on that stuff now, you're feeding that into your subconscious. And now you're actually increasing your spiritual strength, which gives you the ability to resist the, the psychological pounding that a lot of this news dishes out, you know, when you, when you read it. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to focus on that stuff, meditate, research, um, you know, focus on the higher 45 D spiritual side of the equation and um, not get yourself stuck in the 3d level of it all day long. Now, very well said. And, and, and on that, Laura and I, we've been doing this as well, limiting our social media thing because it can get you sucked in, you know what I mean? Information, warfare, and you want to post and all of that, but you need to kind of also almost like let things happen in a sense, right? Because a lot of things happen that are beyond our control anyway, right? And also it's so more about, like you said, the frequency anchor, not forgetting the ultimate goal is really to connecting with who we truly are. And we cannot do is if we're always distracted by the mm -hmm. screen. So very well said. Um, Yeah, let's uh, take a break and then continue. Second, I want to dive definitely into more the the 4D, the alien, possible alien agenda, possible timeline reality split. Um, you and I, we've, we've talked about this before, written about. And again, for viewers or listeners who are not aware of your work, they can find you at montalk.net, M-O-N-T-A-L-K.net. And you have a uh, profile on Gab as well? I do. Yes, it's uh, gab.com slash montalk. Excellent. Perfect. And um, with that being said, thank you so much, Tom. And also anybody who wants access to the second hour, please go to my website, veilofreality.com. You can sign up to the membership to get access to all the second hour of our podcast and the membership forum. And we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> 